Hey friend, are you struggling to find consistent paid speaking gigs? Do you want to know the exact six steps that you can take to find and book more paid speaking opportunities in 2024? Well, we want to make that easy for you. We've created a new free resource with the help of Dan Irvin, one of our highly successful speakers on our team. Dan has booked over $100,000 in paid speaking gigs in the last few years, and his six-step process is going to help you maximize your chances of getting booked and paid to speak in any industry. You're going to learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, and proposal emails and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps and we're going to send you this 18-page guide straight to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps and you're going to get that free guide. Hey, thanks for listening. You're awesome. What is up, my friend? Welcome back to the Speaker Lab Podcast. My name is Grant. It's good to have you here with us today. Hope you're doing well. Hope life is treating you well. Could enunciate your words there as a speaker. Hey, today we've got a great show for you. One other thing before we get into it, uh, I want to remind you that we have got a new webinar that we're doing where we're talking all about the art of speaking and teaching you about developing your talk, presentation skills, using humor, uh, storytelling, all of that stuff. So you're going to want to register for that. It's a totally free webinar. You can go to artofspeakingwebinar.com. Again, that is artofspeakingwebinar.com. We're going to do uh, I think we got one more coming up in a couple of days, so you're going to make sure you want to register for that as soon as possible. Even if you are listening to this uh, way off into the future, you can still register for that. You can get the replay of that webinar. So again, you can go to artofspeakingwebinar.com. Not only am I going to teach you some of my best strategies and tactics on delivering, presentation, practicing, rehearsing, developing your talk, all of that goodness and good stuff, we're also going to be doing some live Q&A. So if you have any questions about the art of speaking, presentation skills, all that jazz, make sure, again, that you register for that over at artofspeakingwebinar.com, art of speakingwebinar.com. If you're in the gym or uh, driving down the road and you can't write that down, hey, definitely go check out the show notes for this episode later. And there you can find the link to register for that, artofspeakingwebinar.com. All right, enough about that. Hey, let's get into today's episode. Today, we are joined by my buddy, Dan Miller. Dan is a uh, is an author and speaker. You may know him from the book, 48 Days to the Work You Love. It's a New York Times bestselling book. That book had a, a huge impact in my own life. And uh, I've been privileged to hang out with Dan quite a bit and become a friend of his. And so I'm excited to, uh, to chat with him today. But with Dan, we talk about speaking, how he got into speaking, how speaking fits into his current business and his business model, because he's someone who does a lot of different things. And I think for uh, a lot of people who may be listening to this, I think you may be in a similar spot where some of you may want to speak full time. And some of you may say, hey, I want to you know, be a speaker. I want to be an author. I want to be a blogger, a podcaster, a coach, consultant. Uh, and Dan is someone who does all of these different things. So we talk about how speaking fits into the mix of that. We also talk about how he has used speaking to create some spinoff products from that. He's done a really good job at that, uh, as well as uh, he's someone who's hosted his own events. So we talk a little bit about that as well. And then finally, make sure that you stick around to the end where uh, Dan's going to share his story. I don't know if you've noticed this, but we've tried to have this recurring theme when we bring guests on the show of asking them uh, a time where it couldn't be worse than this. And so Dan has a great story where uh, the weather, let's just say the weather affected the uh, speaking engagement he was getting ready to present at. So you're going to want to, not going to want to miss that story at the end of the interview. So, all right, let's get right into it, my friends. Here is my chit chat and conversation with my buddy, Dan Miller. Enjoy. 
Hey, what's up, my friends? Grant Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. Today, we are joined by a good friend and a uh, just a hero of mine, Mr. Dan Miller. How are you today, sir? Hey, I'm excellent. Looking forward to our conversation. I always enjoy the uh, opportunity to chat with you. As you know, we moved to Nashville uh, almost a year ago at this point. And I know I've told you the story, but you are, are partially to blame for this. I think it was about Almost two years ago or so, I was in town for an event with you that I came to your place for that you were hosting. And while in town, I start to realize the number of, of great people that are here and went back from that and mentioned it to my wife. And she said, yeah, sounds great. And so that, that backfired and we live here and you're, uh, you're partially to blame for it. Uh, I remember that story. That was great. Your wife's response to that. So yep. It's worked out well. And, Put your uh, money where your mouth is. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But it's been, it's been phenomenal. And, and I know we're, we're just a couple miles from each other, but great to be here in Nashville. So, all right, let's get into the speaking stuff. So you are someone that has uh, done a lot of speaking over the course of your career. You've used speaking in a variety of different ways to build your business. So let's talk about where you're at today in terms of speaking. How much speaking are you doing? What kind of events are you speaking at? How does speaking fit into your current business model? Yeah, my goal is to speak once a month. Now, that's probably not in line with most of the people you're talking about here who really want to aggressively, you know, build their schedule. But I'm at maybe a different season in life. But more than that, I have a business model that allows me to only want to speak once a month. Do I love it? Absolutely. But I don't want to be gone. I love where we live, where I work. So once a month fits well with my schedule. Now, what I look for in terms of events, I want to speak at events where the audience is somebody that's going to connect with the other things that I have to offer in my business. So to just go to some kind of a convention and speak really isn't on my radar, but it's people who are in this same kind of space who I can introduce to some of the live events, the other products that we do, affiliate relationships, and all the things that we do in the back end. Those are the places that I really enjoy speaking. And I think that's so important for people to learn and recognize, especially with speaking, is a lot of times speakers, both new and veteran, just kind of almost look at it like a gun for hire. You know, I'm going to come in, I'm going to speak, and I'm going to go home. I got my check, and that's kind of the, you know, the end of the transaction. But I like taking that higher level view of, like, what happens beyond the stage? How do I continue to speak to the right types of audiences that can be more than just kind of this one-off event, but it's the type of thing that they're going to really be interested in what I do long-term beyond just that stage experience. So for people that may not be familiar with you, tell us about your work beyond speaking so we can maybe get a better idea of the types of events that maybe you like to speak at. Sure. I'm probably most known as an author. So I love writing books. My books have served me very, very well. But again, if I just depended on the little peanuts that come in from advances and royalties on books, I wouldn't be living the kind of life that I live today. Now we are an extravagant. I don't mean to imply that, but I mean, income from books is not what most people think, even when you have, like I've been blessed to have a couple of New York Times bestseller books. So I want to use the books as an introduction to other things that I do. That introduces people to coaching that I do. And then we train coaches and then we have a coaching mastery program. We have an event called Innovate, where we help people release their creative ideas And then I develop products. I mean, I develop a lot of products that can be a new audio product or it may be an ebook or maybe an online course, but those are all ways to just simply continue to share my core message. So, and that's what I encourage speakers to do. Identify what is your core message? 
Once you do that, then it's just a matter of, now, what are the multiple ways that you can allow people to experience that? How did you arrive at that core message? Because that's a question I get a lot of times from people is a lot of people, we speak a time or two and we just have this euphoric, fun experience. It's like that speaking is really fun. It's a, it's a great experience. But uh, so most of us were just like, I just, I just want to speak again. I don't care to who or I don't care what I'm talking about. I just want to speak more. So how did you kind of refine and nail down and figure out what that core message for you was that you could speak about? Well, there's a little formula that we use, and I actually heard it really developed well at a Brendan Bouchard event, his, what does he call his high-end event, Experts Academy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, at, at that. But it's a three-part sentence where it goes, I help blank, do know or understand blank, so they can blank. Well, any of us can fill that in. So who is it that you help? What do you help them do? Why? So you fill that in. Well, for me, you know, it's easy to fill that in. You know, I want to help people, you know, I want to help high potential individuals understand their greatest talents and apply that in daily work that is meaningful so they can leave an impact and thrive financially. You know, so it's pretty easy. All right. So who am I going to be in front of where I can convey that message? That's pretty easy for me to look at. Who are those high potential individuals, people who have proven their ability to get in the game? They're interested in the same kind of things that I am. And so those events are easy targets for me to want to speak at. What would be some examples of those types of events? Because it, it seems like, you know, the high potential individuals that really just want to maximize life, they could fall into a, a bunch of different categories. I mean, it could be authors, it could be entrepreneurs, it could be moms, it could be dentists. So how do you start to narrow down and figure out which events make the most sense for you? Well, it's going to be events like social media marketing world. I mean, social media marketing world, you know, is going to have about 3000 people there. And they're people who are in bloggers, podcasters, authors, speakers, coaches, even beyond that, you know, corporate people who are looking for how to leverage their message. So they're all looking for that. How can I leverage my message? Well, my, my message blends in with that absolutely perfectly. Events like podcast movement, events like launch, those are the kind of things that where there's a natural audience who is eager to look at how can I do what you've done? I mean, a lot of the people that I speak to are people that want to do what I've done as an author, speaker, coach. So those events are pretty easy to identify. And those are ones where, yeah, I'd love to have a little time to share ideas with the audience. Yeah. And I like what you described there, that author, speaker, coach. Uh, and I think that's where a lot of people are. There's certainly going to be people who they want to speak, maybe want to do it as full time. And that's kind of their bread and butter. But a lot of people would just say, I want to build a platform. I want to build a personal brand. And speaking just happens to be part of that. So for you, as your business has kind of gone along and evolved, how have you kind of determined and figured out where speaking fits? Because I would assume that at different points and different seasons, as you kind of alluded to, that the speaking may take a bigger or a smaller piece of the pie than at another time in life. So how have you kind of uh, figured that out and navigated that in your speaking career? I used to speak at, I think I've spoken at every Rotary Club within 100 miles of Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so the a good group, you know, good, biz, solid business people. And I'm sure that had a lot to do with helping me grow and develop my business. But I really don't do that much anymore. You know, those kind of civic organizations like that. It takes a lot of time to go there. I would much rather do like what we're doing here. Wow, jump on Skype, do an interview. You don't have to carve out half a day to do that. And you reach thousands more people than you're going to. So I look for things that give me maximum leverage like that 
So over the years, instead of booking myself full to do those kind of little civic groups and even then other kind of things, a real estate convention or just an executive leadership convention or something like that, those don't really get on my radar. And it's easy to kind of just narrow down to the groups that are going to be people who are like-minded, who are interested, who are, who are somewhat on the same path as me. So I'm not going to go in and speak to a group of you know, ladies who sell cosmetics probably because there's not enough commonality there that it really interests me. Again, so there's a lot of things. Now I, I did, here, here's an example, Grant. I just got back from, I spoke at a university up in Michigan, Kalamazoo, Michigan. It's Western Michigan University. They wanted me to come up. They have a thing called Custer Lecture Series, and they're using my one of my books in one of their courses there. So there's a pretty strong tie-in. Mm-hmm. But even there, I thought, eh, Kalamazoo, Michigan. Why, why would I go to Kalamazoo, Michigan? <laughs> you want to know how I made that decision? Two things. One is there's a guy in my mastermind who lives there, who owns a company there. I told him, and he said, oh, my gosh, come, you know, spend a day with me. And also the second thing was the Gilmore Auto Museum is there. Oh, my gosh. It's on 97 acres. I have never been to an auto museum, and I'm a car guy. I've never been to an auto museum that blew me away like that one does. Their entire buildings devoted to Lincoln and Chevy and Buick and Oldsmobile. So I went primarily because of what I was going to do surrounding the 45 minutes that I was going to do the presentation. That was enough to tip the scale for me. So I went, you know, they paid me 10 grand and I put in my 45 minutes. But what I really loved about the trip was the next day at the Gilmore Auto Museum with my friend Tom. That's definitely uh, one of the nice byproducts of speaking is uh, I was talking with someone the other day about whether or not they should negotiate. And I said, one of the negotiation uh, tools that you can use is just determining if it's a place that you want to go. And I've kind of like jokingly said that I'd go speak for free in Hawaii if someone will pay for my family to come, you know, tag along. So that's definitely a a nice little little perk of speaking. Now, I want to go back a little bit because you've done a lot in your entrepreneurial career. And we, we go way into depth on that, the podcast we had before. How did you get into that? So we'll link up to that in the show notes if people want to hear the full story in history. But uh, talk to me about how you first kind of got into speaking. What was that like for you? The speaking, I was not trying to position myself as a speaker. The whole beginning of the business that I do today started because I was teaching a Sunday school class. So that's a very, very soft form of speaking, I suppose. But I was simply sharing principles on this career life transition, the kind of things that we all go through inevitably. Well, that little class grew. And so, you know, we would typically have, you know, 40, 50 people in there. And then I moved it to a Monday night to allow people from the community to come. And we would usually have 70 or 80 people there. And then I had an opportunity to get on local radio. Well, on local radio, you know, we're going to have six to 700 people listening at any given time. And those kind of things allowed enough exposure that I started getting requests will you come speak to our group? Will you come speak at our career transition program, you know, that we're doing on Tuesday night? And so I started doing that again, just very soft introduction into speaking. I wasn't trying to position myself as a paid speaker that came much, much later. I I probably spoke a thousand times, you know, to groups that where I knew it was just good community service, or it was even good for the business that I was growing as a coach. But It was much later that I even looked at it seriously as a speaker. 
And then I engaged a speaking coach. Now, I've also had a speech coach. That's different. And you'll understand that well. I have a speech coach who's worked with me to, you know, push me up against the wall and push my shoulders back. And he says, okay, now you're speaking from your diaphragm. You know, that's where you want to speak when you're in front of an audience or even when you're doing a podcast so your voice doesn't go into like vocal fry. But then I've also had a, a speaking coach, someone to help me grow the speaking part of my business. And in doing that, it was really enlightening because that's where it became clear to me that I don't want to really build a robust speaking career. I want to do that one or two times a month only and have it be a part of the other things that I actually enjoy more. Gotcha. That makes total sense. So, okay. So I'm curious. So you were doing a lot of local things and it sounds like in some ways from doing the, the Sunday school class to hosting it on a Monday night, to doing the radio show, to speaking at some local civic groups, it sounds like in some ways that you were kind of uh, more or less just kind of stumbling into speaking or, or that speaking found you perhaps. So was there ever a point or a time where you were doing enough of this that you felt like, you know what, I think I think there's something here. I, I think I could do this professionally or I want to do this more. Or maybe even at what point did you decide to quote unquote turn pro and to start charging for it? How did you kind of reach that conclusion? Well, it kind of evolved. Yeah, you know, and, and I'm am friends with, you know, Mark Sanborn and Tim Sanders and people, Andy Andrews, you know, Ken Davis, people who get paid who really have done very well as professional speakers. But it's never been really appealing to me. But because of the quantity of requests that I was getting, I finally discovered it didn't serve me well and probably didn't serve my audience well to just keep doing it as a free kind of addendum to what I was doing. What it would do, it would put me in this frustrating position where I felt like I owed it to somebody to go, but then I would resent doing it. Well, I don't want that to be part of what I do. So I thought, well, to make that a part of my business that does fit, I just need to position myself and have a fee for that. So I aligned myself with Premier Speakers Bureau here locally, mm-hmm. you know, where they established a fee. So they put it out there, a fee, and it gives me a really nice reference point that says, well, you know, here's what my Speakers Bureau normally charges. So when somebody comes to me, it's a great starting point for the conversation. But it was just a matter of positioning it so that it made sense with the rest of my business. It was never designed as now I'm going to really launch this to be a significant part of my income and business. Not at all. So as you're beginning to do more speaking engagements, like you said, it, it's more something, not just kind of a, a one-off event that you're speaking at, but it's more something to leverage for the rest of the business and other different products and resources. So what were some of the products and resources that you've developed over time that you've utilized in selling at events? Yeah. And when I sell at events, it's very, very soft. I usually don't have products at the back of the room or anything. It's just simply, I always have a resource that people can get where they can go there and get a resource and it lets me know they're interested. Then we can nurture that relationship. But here's an example. I spoke at new media expo in Las Vegas last year. And let's see, I think they paid my way out there and gave me free ticket to the thing, but I'm pretty sure I didn't get paid any kind of a fee for that. So why would I do that? Well, I was talking about that at a conference that we do here for coaches had a gentleman in the back of the room that raised his hand and said, I think I know why you would speak there for free. Now, he's a physician. 
he described he had a friend who went to that conference and heard me. He wasn't even there personally, but somebody, a friend of his heard me and said, you need to check this guy out. He went online, checked me out. He came to our coaching with excellence, thousand bucks. He came to innovate thousand bucks. He upgraded to coaching mastery, $5,200. He got in my mastermind, $3,600. I was writing on the board as he was talking to me and we got to like $12,000 from this one individual who had a friend who heard me speak. That's why I speak. It's that. And again, this is not some kind of manipulation kind of thing. It's just simply to introduce people to the things that I really am invested in. But speaking allows me to do that. Allows a very soft introduction to the other things I think that might help somebody fuel their own success. But I make my money on the back end, not on the stage. Yeah, I've experienced a lot of the same thing of, you know, I remember speaking at a, a conference a couple of years ago and I, I went and spoke at it for free, paid my own travel. And so you're like you described on paper, I spoke for free or I guess you could say I lost money. But as a result of that, I was able to pick up some coaching clients and we picked up several people that joined some of our different courses and programs. I was able to get booked to speak, uh, do the keynote the following year, this past year. And so you can look back and you can attribute several thousand dollars to this quote unquote free speaking engagement. So I think you're exactly right that, and I totally agree that it can be leveraged in a lot of different ways beyond just that one point. And I want to talk more about that, but one of the things that you mentioned was that at the event, rather than you know doing a bunch of hard pitches or sales for something, you said you offer them some type of resource so that you can nurture that relationship. What kind of resource do you offer? What, what does that look like? Well, I'm giving you an example here. If you go to 48days.com slash grant, you'll find a really robust overview of how to take your core, how to define your core message and then how to leverage that with products, live events, affiliate commissions, you know, referrals, coaching, all those kind of things that we're talking about here. So I just simply do that. Just something that will help people on their own path to success. But having done so, here's another example. I spoke recently and I, said, if you go to 48days.com slash clients, there's Dan's 10 tips for getting your first paid coaching client. Well, we had a couple thousand people do that, you know, in 24 hours, you know what I have been able to make on the back end. Well, here's an example for our last coaching with excellence event that we do right here at our little barn on our property in Franklin, we had some seats left that were open for that event. So I contacted our, you know, my team and I said, you know, we've got these people who raised their hand already. We went through that list of people who had downloaded that form on Dan's 10 tips for getting your first paid coaching client. And we got 18 additional registrants for our event at a thousand dollars a piece. Hmm. I mean, it's so easy to track. That's crazy. So, and, and it's not like we wear those people out. I mean, people can unsubscribe or, you know, but it's people have identified, Hey, I'm interested in that. And then once having done that, we have a, a really robust product suite of things that we can offer them that might help them. So which came first for you in your kind of evolution of the business? Did the speaking come first and then you decide to make products out of that? Or did you start creating some of the 48 days products and then that led to speaking? What was kind of that timeline there? Now, the products came first. The products came first. You know, I'm pretty much of an introvert, man. I'm energized by solitude. I mean, I like to work just by myself to think and create and read and, you know, connect with people like this. But, you know, that's my preferred mode of operandi. So 
the products came first. My heart is really in the product. The speaking came as a tangent because of the products. I mean, I get requests like the one I mentioned, you know, up in Michigan, because they're already using one of my books as for a course that they have. So it comes really directly from the products. The products lead, the speaking is on the back end. Would you recommend that for any speaker uh, that start with products, develop some of the products, and then begin doing speaking based on that or vice versa or what, or depend on the person or what would be your two cents there? Yeah, it totally depends on the person. There's not one right way to do it. And, and frankly, the way I did it would be way too slow for somebody that wants to position themselves as a speaker. That really takes a lot of time. So if you want to be a speaker, no, go ahead and position yourself as a speaker. Promote appropriately for that. Get out there in the game. You know, have back-of-the-room sales where you can promote your own products. To do it where you do products, lead with products, yeah, that's going to be a very slow process. You touched on, and I, well, I think you're best known for your 48 Days to the Work You Love books, which if people haven't checked out, I highly, highly recommend. That was, I think I've told you, eight years going through my own little quarter-life crisis trying to figure out what I wanted to do when I grow up. A, a pivotal, pivotal book for me, and so I always highly recommend it. But that's definitely one of the books that you're known, known for, but you also have a variety of other of products. So in terms of, of utilizing those products in your speaking what are some of the other products and services that you offer now, and how do you tie those into your speaking? They all continue to relate to that core message. So I have book titles like Wisdom Meets Passion, No More Dreaded Mondays, Rudder the Day, Right to the Bank. I mean, those they still leverage on that same message. So it's not like a diversion or I have to introduce them to something new. So when I speak, it's always going to be about finding your passion you know, then identifying what would be work that would embrace that passion. So you have work that's meaningful and fulfilling and profitable. So the materials are just an extension of that. Anything I have is an extension of that. So it just relates to where somebody is at a particular time where a particular title may engage them. If they're thinking, wow, I mean, I talked this morning to a a gentleman who's been a pastor for years and he's just making the switch into being a coach. He thought that he was had defined the career he was going to be in for the rest of his life. And yet it, there were, it was kind of a crisis that came up because of some health issues. It really identified he was extremely burned out and doing a whole lot of things that he really didn't want to do. So in identifying just the one core part of that, that he really engaged in, it was the pastoral counseling. We can easily position him as a coach where now he spends a hundred percent of his time doing just that one thing that he most enjoyed. And he's already, you know, making over six figures. I mean, I love seeing the lights come on with somebody where we can give them that kind of insight to something that's probably right under their nose already, just needs to be clarified. That's what I want my material to do, to help people get that kind of clarity and then walk into the next season of life, extraordinary income, if that's an issue for them, if that's something they want, but really the sense of fulfillment that a lot of people never experience. And so you've utilized that, obviously, through the speaking. We've utilized that through the products. But you've also kind of taken it to the next step where you host a lot of your own events. And so uh, kind of talk us through that because I think there's people listening that it would say, yes, I want to be hired to go speak somewhere. And ideally, I would like to be paid for that. But then there's the other side of it where you just, you, I'll throw the party. I'll host my own event. I get to decide what that looks like. So talk us through how that's kind of evolved and, and over time. I know you throw a couple of different events each year there on your property. So tell us a little bit about those and kind of how those came to be. Sure. Most of the things that I do today, Grant, have developed in direct response to people asking for them. 
I have kind of a mantra that served me well, and that is if three people ask me the same question, I develop a product to address it. So people started asking me, gee, how can I do with my books what you've done with 48 Days? I'm an author, you know, and I made 5,000 bucks. How can I do what you've done? Well, because multiple people asked that, we put together an event called Right to the Bank. Then people said, how can I do what you've done in coaching? You know, I'm a coach. Geez, I'm making peanuts. You know, how can I do, develop a really robust business like you have? And we developed Coaching with Excellence, an event that has proved so successful. We now do it three times a year. Now, I'm in a pretty advantageous position to do those events. I'm a simple country kid, and I work out of a barn that we've converted into a little event center. It's a cool space, though. Well, thanks. It is. We love it. It's called the Sanctuary. But we do Coaching with Excellence three times a year. Because of my brand, we limit it to 48 people. It's a nice group to work with. We can be real interactive, and it kind of fills our little space here at the barn. So we do that three times a year. 48 people, they pay 1000 bucks a piece. So we, there you can get, that's $150,000. I mean, that's we, we have no overhead. There's no fee for the hotel. We aren't locked into catering options and all that kind of garbage. So it's very simple, very clean, very easy to structure, very easy to do here. Now, we're doing an event in a few months here that we call Innovate, and we have people who are artists, speakers, musicians, sculptors, people who have creative skills, and they haven't figured out how to really put legs on that, how to monetize that, how to create an economic model. We call that Innovate. We're limiting that to 60 people. Those people are, it's going to be the cheapest event we've ever done, $497. That's it. But 60 people, that's 30 grand. Mm. I mean, that'll work for a two-day event. So, but I'd rather do those kind of things here where we have a lot of fun right here in my property. People can go down to Zipline if they want to, than to have to get on a plane and go to some hotel somewhere and see people that I'm probably never going to see again. I mean, these are people that we really engage with. They come back again and again. We develop life, lifelong relationships with them. Let's, uh, let's transition for a second. You've done a lot of speaking. Uh, you've given you know, hundreds to thousands of presentations over your career. Are there any like uh, presentation tips or tricks that you've learned along the way, things that you've picked up that have really, really made a big significant difference for you just as a speaker? It really is. That's a great, I love your question. I tend to be pretty cerebral, pretty intellectual. You know, I'm the kind of guy, just give me the facts. You know, don't, I don't need any hype, smoke and mirrors. Just give me the facts. And I think my presentations tend to be too much like that. And then I hear the power of a storyteller. You know, I hear a great storyteller like Andy Andrews. And I'll be, oh my gosh. I mean, people are just glued to their seat because he's telling this amazing story. So I have worked to introduce, to include stories, even my own life stories, stories about my grandkids. You know, I've, I've recognized the power of story. It's those things that people remember. And so I've tried to weave my principles into stories that convey those rather than just giving the intellectual facts. That's been a biggie for me. Yeah, I would totally echo that, that nothing connects with an audience quite like a story. You know, it's always interesting to me when you start talking and you say, let me tell you a story. And you just, you, you notice how everybody just perks up. They start paying attention. And, and so it, it could be a sad story. It could be funny. It could be serious. It could be challenging. It could be depressing. Like you just have no idea where the story is going to go, but it definitely, it catches people's attention. Well, even, you know, even in 
and reading the Bible. You know, Jesus didn't say, you know, do this. Let me tell you about this dude that went fishing. Right. Very true. <laughs> if, if it works for Jesus, it should probably work for us. Worth paying attention to. All right, let's wrap up with this. One of the, my favorite questions to ask speakers is, again, you've done a lot of presentations before. We've all had those moments where we've bombed, where it didn't go well, where something went off the rails. And I, did, I, I forgot to prep you on this, but we're going to roll with it anyway. So I'm curious, can you tell us about a time where it just, it's what we like to call, it can't be worse than this. Tell us about a time where as a speaker, it just did not go according to plan or something out of the ordinary happened. You got any stories like that? Well, of course, I've got stories about you get there and the technology doesn't work. Yep. But I, I've got a couple stories. Yeah. I went to speak for the Lifeway bookstore managers. Now, that's a really good audience. Uh-huh. They sell the fire out of my books. And it was over at Ridgecrest, their big retreat center, the Southern Baptist Retreat Center over in Asheville, North Carolina. So Joanne and I had gone over the night before and we stayed there at the big Vanderbilt I forget what it's called. But anyway, the real fancy hotel had a great night. Next morning, it rained pretty hard during the night. And we realized that next morning, drove out to the retreat center. And they had, you know, like, uh, I don't know, it was like 250, 300 life bookstore managers that are selling my books. And I walked in, they said, oh my gosh, Dan, we got a problem. There's no power. The power is out in the entire retreat center. <laughs> and I said, really? I said, where were we going to meet? Well, it's in this building. It's kind of like an amphitheater. You know, it's almost like, oh, it's like a chapel, really. And I went and looked at it. It's kind of in the round. I said, okay, what if we got everybody in here? And I just spoke. And they're like, would you be willing to do that? I said, sure. You know, let's open the windows. We'll let some air in. You know, there's plenty of light. So I didn't have a microphone, no keynote presentation, nothing at all. I mean, it was one of the most memorable presentations. And people talked to me about that repeatedly because they remember that. But instead of just bailing, you know, we can't, now nah, let's just go. Ahead. And then, and the challenges made it more memorable. Right. Now I also, when you, when you were talking, I, I had another one come to mind. There was a time when I spoke just this last year and I don't know what it was, if there was something in the room or what, my nose was running. <laughs> I could not stop my nose from running. I mean, every 10 seconds, I'm wiping my nose and we're videoing it, you know, for their video <laughs> and all that. And I thought, oh my gosh. But I never drew attention to it. You know, I didn't stop. I didn't sniffle. I just, but I, my nose would not stop running. I thought, oh my gosh, how worse can it get? But I, I nobody ever said anything. I, I'm, I mean, I can't help but know that it was noticeable, but I didn't draw attention to it. Didn't make it worse than it was. It was just one of those things that I had no explanation for. My nose ran. That's all. Awesome. <laughs> As a true speaker, the show must go on. So you, you press through. Well, Dan, at the time, man, I appreciate you sharing some of your, uh, your story and journey. You kind of alluded to uh, 48days.com slash grant. Uh, tell us more about what we can find there. Also, we can, uh, we can go to check out what you're up to. Absolutely. I've put together just a resource on how to leverage your message and income. I've got that little three-part sentence to start off there. I help, do know or understand, so they can. And then I go right through, you know, speaking. Okay, put in there, if you did 20 events or whatever you charge, put in that income, then go on to product sales. And I have little formulas there. You know, if you did an ebook, you charge $17. If you did an audio product at $37, if you did an instructional manual at $97, just to help have some plugins to start to build a model here for what it looks like when you really know how to leverage your speaking message. 
Awesome. Well, we appreciate you putting that together and sharing that with the audience. So I'll be sure and link up to that again at 48days.com slash grant. So Dan, thanks for the time, buddy. Appreciate the chat. Hey, absolutely. Great talking to you as always. All right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed that chat with Dan Miller of 48 Days to the work you love. Good dude, good speaker, good author, all around good guy. Hey, uh, as always, you can go to thespeakerlab.com, check out the show notes for this episode and uh, links for everything that we discussed there. You can definitely stop by, check that out. Also, like I remember, I reminded you at the top of the show, I would encourage you to stop by artofspeakingwebinar.com. Again, that is artofspeakingwebinar.com. We're going to be doing a, a free webinar coming up in the next couple of days. You're going to want to register for It's totally free. We're going to be doing some live live Q&A as well. And uh, we're going to be talking all about the storytelling. We're going to be talking about developing your presentation, figuring out what you want to talk about. We're going to be talking about presentation skills and dealing with an audience and all the just different nuances that go into speaking. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. You're not going to want to miss it. Again, you can register for that over at artofspeakingwebinar.com. All right, that wraps up today's episode. Boys and girls, we will catch you next time, my friends. You're awesome. You're awesome.